Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Luke Owen is. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen. Ollie's off this week, so I'm joined by the much better co-host, El Fagador Larry Blake. How's it going, mate? Hello, mate. What an introduction. That's good. In your face, <laughs> Davis. Get some of that down here. Exactly, as he takes a week off um, to, I think, do very little. I mean, he's prepping for our hair versus points match at WrestleJamia, of course. But I also believe he's doing some other personal projects and stuff like that. So it's probably a, a bit of a needed break for him, maybe. Maybe. I, yeah, I guess if his hair's on the line, then, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of prep that a man, as, as someone who had to do that at some point five years ago, <laughs> there's a lot of prep that you have to go to to get in, in the kind of like, you know, just in the mental space to be like, I mean, am I even okay with losing this? I know. Well, I remember yeah. like the first time I met you, you did have hair. I can hear your cat. Mm. Yeah, so he's, got, he's just gone. He, he just waits. He's been completely <laughs> silent all day. And literally, because I've got like, you can't see this podcast listeners, but I've got the band, the WrestleTalk banner out. And he's never seen the WrestleTalk banner because we got him after like the, the NXT podcast stopped. So obviously like haven't been getting it out recently. And it awoke him from his slumber. And he was like, oh, a new thing to bunt my face against. The new thing to sniff. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to sit in the bag for that. And then he sat in the bag for about 30 seconds. And then he was like, I will do now what I do in every comfy position. <laughs> Lick my own balls. So that's what he's been doing. And now I've started, as soon as I've started recording, he started going, wow, in the corridor. <laughs> I, I don't know what it means. This is the thing. I don't know what it means. I don't know what he wants. I just think Terry's <laughs> being completely unreasonable. I just sat there being like, what is that sound? I, could do? I mean, I know he doesn't have a child. It must be yeah. the cat. No, it's the cat. Uh, let me just double check. He's in the room now somewhere. I can't, the problem is I can't see him in the banner. Where are you? Don't get one. That's what I say. Don't get one. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, the point I was saying was that like when I first met you, you did have hair, much as I did as well. Mm. And then it was on our friend Dan Stagdu was like when you just showed up with this new ball look, but also the big beard as well. Everyone mm. was like, wow, what a, what a dramatic change, but also a very good change. Yeah, you had to do it. Had to, it had to happen 
at the same time. I couldn't have just gone full egg. Never go full egg. I <laughs> Never think go full say. egg. Never go full <laughs> egg. People don't like that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I sort of that was my plan from when I was like, I mean, if I'm going to shave my head, I would already been growing my beard out. But I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to shave my head fully, I might as well commit full to the beard and go let's get this as big as possible obviously it is remarkably ginger so <laughs> i mean dude there I, is that since we, since we started filming stuff on the black magic cameras um i've noticed how ginger my beard shows up like if i get it like really super duper in focus and i've got the light shining on it as well the ginger of my beard really pops through on all of my parts for unknown videos mm. I mean, Editor Simon also loves the orange. He loves the tungsten light. So he does, he definitely does edit with that in mind. So like, I have had to say on a few videos, it's like, my, my, I know my beard is ginger, but that is too far. Like what <laughs> you've done there, <laughs> that's too far. Like that, that is, that's not ginger. That's not the ginger of a man with like Celtic heritage. That's the ginger of a man who came from space. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, let's get into this Raw show. Uh, the message I got from Laurie earlier in the day was Raw was, well, I mean, I'm editing this, I'm centering myself mm. here, but Raw was not very good, was essentially mm. what you said. Uh, and I replied yeah, with to a, you with, with, a word, with a four letter word, I said that. <laughs> and I replied to you with, it was one of the better episodes we've had recently. Here's our review of it. A WWE in a WrestleMania panic, eh, sort of, but also a lot of this stuff felt like it was the plan all along. I am Luke and I'm joined by your Jam That Champion, El Fakador Laurie Blake, because Mr. Davis is taking a week off to prepare for our hair versus points match at WrestleJamia. Laurie, welcome back to the Raw Review. Thank you for having me. What a blessing and a curse it is to watch Raw on a weekly basis. You love it, mate. It's absolutely fine. There was a moment when Randy Orton said in his uh, Fiend promo at the end of this show, it was like, it only feels like yesterday that I burnt the Fiend alive. And I was like, mate, I watch this on a weekly basis. It bloody doesn't. <laughs> only, in the, but only in the sense that it's basically Groundhog Day on Raw. Yeah. So yeah, of course it feels like yesterday. It feels like today. Yeah, I suppose in a way. He's still he doing the right. same radio show every bloody morning, Luke. <laughs> but um, so we're going to be talking about like, because... Yeah, we are less than three weeks out to WrestleMania. There are two weekends and then WrestleMania is upon us. And so like WWE, now that Fastlane, that roadblock is out of the way. We're like, oh, we need to announce some matches now. So like this match was just, it almost felt like every segment had someone go like, and I challenge you to a WrestleMania match. And that person going like, all right, then that sounds grand. Oh my God, they couldn't have played the graphic quicker. On Especially on the Randy Orton <laughs> fiend one, they were like pointing at the sun. They're like, it's the graphic, it's happening now. And it's like, oh my God, like, why is, why not? book these earlier and also make it so that the build feels like it's worthy of a WrestleMania match. It just feels like everything is just being slung together last minute. And I understand that part of that probably comes from the tickets being delayed to some mm -hmm. degree, whether or not they would like, but then I would still think you'd want to be advertising multiple matches before the tickets go on sale. Yeah. So it's a I, way I, to like get people into, I just, I just don't, I don't know what their internal logic is for this. Well, yeah, well, we were saying this on the Fastlane stream, which was just like, it feels like such an awkward pay-per-view because either 
nothing happens on this show and because the plans remain like plans for mania are in place so drew's gonna be winning roman's gonna be winning mm. uh, like it just felt like everything was a foregone conclusion so it's either that which makes the pay-per-view pretty redundant even though it was actually a very enjoyable show by the end of it or they just throw everything against the wall and be like actually no sheamus wins daniel bryan wins and we're just changing all of the wrestlemania plans and booking that we had done which then all then it just makes the previous four weeks feel redundant so we were just building to something that's not actually happening so it was almost like a poison chalice mm. and it kind of raised that point of was like why did we bother having this pay-per-view when we could have just done the elimination chamber and then spent the next six weeks booking ourselves up till wrestlemania and it really, yeah, and it really feels like if you were going to do Fastlane as well, like stuff like Randy Orton versus The Fiend. I mean, if if the if the end point of that segment is that they're going to point at the sign, the sign was there last night at Fastlane. So, like, <laughs> yeah. why didn't they just when they were doing the pose at the end of that segment point at the bloody sign, and then at least you have something to talk about coming out? Far, like, I don't know. Well, that, it just feels because... like. Padding. It's because Randy Orton had to summon him. Like That was the big thing they were advertising for the main event of this show, is Randy Orton summons The Fiend. But yet, when we actually got to the main event segment, it was Alexa Bliss with a jack, and, jack in the box that summons The Fiend. So I don't mm. know what Randy Orton's plan was anyway. Um, but one of the big things on this match was the, the almost the reset of the women's division, because... Uh, back in December, it felt like the plan was to do Charlotte versus Asuka for the championship. Charlotte came back. They won the tag titles. We're going to build towards a WrestleMania program. Then they got really interested in Lacey Evans. So they changed, the plans changed to being Charlotte versus Lacey. Um, and then Lacey got pregnant. So they're like, oh, okay, well, let's go back to our original plan that we had, which was Asuka versus Charlotte. But now Charlotte's tested positive for COVID. And we don't know. She's been taken off the posters for WrestleMania, like all of the marketing she's been taken off of. And Ric Flair put out a tweet today saying that, like, WrestleMania won't be the same without you, but that just might be Flair being Flair. So now they have to change tack again. And they're going with Asuka versus the debuting Rhea Ripley. The plan was, apparently, Rhea Ripley wasn't going to debut until after WrestleMania. So this is, we're just fast-forwarding the plans that we had, and we're just going to do Asuka versus Ripley um, for the title instead of all of the other plans that we had. Like, Sean Rossap put it on, on Fightful. This was plan D for like mm. what the, the women's match was at WrestleMania. This was not their intended plan, but now they're having to go with it. And like, I'm excited for the match, because it's Asuka versus Ripley. I am stoked for that match because that match is going to bang. It is going to absolutely rule ass. But the what essentially happened on the show was Rhea Ripley came out and was like, I'll have a match. And Asuka was like, yeah, okay. And then that was it. Like yep. you, you sort of look at it and was like, was that really the best that you could do? I mean, and this is the thing I get like they're probably thinking in their head that, you know, like people are going to remember Rhea Ripley's run into Survivor Series and WrestleMania last year, like that kind of established her a little bit on the main roster. But that is a long time ago. That is an extra long time ago when everyone has been living this weird, soupy existence of like, why does why do days last so long, man? Like, why is a week for ages? When When is it April? Which is what I'm currently sat there saying, like. And to then have spent weeks just sort of teasing her arrival but not really recapping it and then have her walk out and challenge Asuka, yeah, it's a big deal. And I'm excited because, like, I like Rhea Ripley from NXT. I liked Asuka in NXT. I'm not massively keen on it. From I'm not keen on it from what WWE has presented to me recently. I'm only keen on it by history. Mm. 
You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I think WWE hasn't done a very good job to make Asuka seem like a big deal. They've not done a great job of making Rhea Ripley particularly seem like a big deal because this debut, her walking in, and it was like a confusing uh, walk in as well. Like, cause she said, like, oh, you know, Charlotte was out there challenging you to a, a Raw Women's Championship match when you were injured. So now I'm going to challenge you to a Raw Women's Championship match. It's just like, where is the logic to any of this stuff? And there's a simple story right there, which is Ripley came second in the Rumble. And like mm. Ripley, like dominated that rumble as well. Like her and Bianca had killer yeah. rumbles this year. So like, there's your story, which is just like, and you could have then rode that momentum from the rumble. Had Ripley debuted the Raw after the rumble, and basically just gone on a tear through things. There's women that she could have been. You could have called up some, you know, done some NXT stuff where you're not on NXT, but just beat up some enhancement talent and stuff to get her over, establish her on the main roster. So then when she comes out to challenge Asuka, it totally makes sense. But mm-hmm. to a regular fan, Rhea Ripley did really well in the Royal Rumble, disappeared for two months, and now is just getting a match at Mania. And like, there's no, there's no story here. And so, like, what we're getting excited about is what is written on paper, which is two names, which I'm excited to have a match. Yeah, and but I'm doing the work. You know yeah. what I mean? That's I'm doing the work to imagine what that match would be, not to be told by the TV show how exciting that actually is, because they're not showing me what either person is particularly capable of over the last couple of months. And, you know, if Rhea Ripley had had that booking that Shayna Baszler had after her kind of main roster debut, obviously sans the biting of Becky Lynch, but had she had the sort of like elimination chamber, I'm going to go on a tear through a bunch of other women, and then you've got the match against Asuka, that's really exciting. And I get that this is plan D, but they knew ahead of time that Charlotte wasn't going to be available for Mania. Ahead of this, ahead of today you know ahead of yesterday sorry that she wasn't going to be available for sure so why not do something exciting with this rather yeah, than just totally. like because you know what well, like i like rhea ripley but she's not always a brilliant promo i don't think yeah. her promo was had the fire that you really want from that like it was a bit was too say, yeah. sometimes she's a bit sarky with it and it kind of comes off like yeah, it's kind of almost too uh, friendly in a way. And I think that it needed to be kind of... I, I, I think here they should have just made Rhea Ripley the heel again. Just well, put her back as heel Ripley and then say, have her yeah. smash up Asuka. According to PW... I think it was PW Insider. Um, there was a report yesterday. I, can't, I won't say it was PW Insider because I can't remember who it actually was reported. It said that she was going to come in as a heel. So mm. like maybe that is kind of like the direction they are going in there to make like to present her as a bit more heelish uh, in this to try and like you know create something with Asuka so that Asuka is the baby face. But it also doesn't help the fact as well that Asuka hasn't she's had one women's championship match on pay-per-view since she won the belt in August, and that was in September. Like that mm-hmm. was like the last time she defended the belt on pay-per-view. It's it's something like ludicrous like that. So we, I mean, you know, we I Ollie and I have been a broken record on this on this podcast, but like bloody hell, she has not felt like the women's champion for some time now. And I I felt like a broken record when I was doing the news today, being like, she hasn't had a storyline since Banks and like Banks and Bailey last summer. Like, but it's I, I don't feel like I'm the bad guy in this situation because like, yeah, your raw women's champion should have had more to do. Yeah, well, the women's division shouldn't revolve around Reginald. I think is the key. Is you know, this is the big, this is the biggest issue that WWE has right now is that Reginald is swallowing the entire women's division 
or wrapping it up in some sort of cartwheel vortex. I don't like. I don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just, I just don't. I don't get how they've managed to drop the ball on what is, I think, for a very large sector of their fan base, a very exciting match to put on. And I don't know how Dude. they managed to present that in a way that just feels like, oh. Well, like that's that's the the key to this, and kind of like what frustrates me in all of this is that yeah, this was Plan D. This was not Plan mm. A, not Plan B. It was not Plan C. It was Plan D. And yeah, Plan D is the match I'm most excited for out of all of the possibilities that you had. Like I'm way more into this than I am Asuka Charlotte. And I was actually quite into the idea of Asuka versus Charlotte. I'm way more into this than Charlotte versus Lacey. And I'm actually more into this than the potential triple threat that we may get because there is still talk that Charlotte might come back. Um, you know, once she is cleared of her uh, positive testing and insert herself into the match and make it a triple threat at WrestleMania. I think I'm actually more into the the singles match of Rhea and Asuka. So mm. that's planned in. That's the match I'm most, like of the options, that is the option I would pick. Yeah, and I think that's, I just, WWE just has a very different opinion to most of their fans is, is the major issue here. But like, if you're going to do this thing, like imagine Rhea comes out and says, you know, you, Asuka, you've obviously had to be off TV and not be able to defend your championship because Shayna Baszler kicked you in the face and knocked a few of your teeth out. And she's like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to knock all your teeth out. And then goes on this crazy beatdown of Asuka that like, I'm not going to say rights are off, but like you could kind of do the three-week period where Asuka returns when she shouldn't do. She's a little bit beat up before the thing. Like you can build some intrigue into this instead. Yeah especially when it's a show that already has a hundred people pointing at a sign. Another yeah. person pointing at a sign is just not enough to make oh, you excited. A lot of oh, sign, a lot sign pointing. A lot of sign pointing. As we were saying yesterday on the Fastlane stream, if your hand moves up in a, re like in a wrestling ring, it's like a magnet. It almost like just, you, don't have an op you don't have a choice. Mm. Your, your finger just flings up there. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm velour xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, but let's dive into what you uh, think of all of this. We've got a few hyper chats in about the WrestleMania card discussion. Do get them into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We will read all of them out. Kevin has said, I may be the only one, but I'd actually be totally okay with Charlotte inserting herself into the championship match. She's got history with both Asuka and Rhea, and it would be a great match. Remember, Charlotte is a great wrestler despite her booking. An excellent point there by Kevin. Like, as I said, like I'm of the options, Rhea versus Asuka is the one that excites me the most. But Charlotte in there is a three-way, particularly with, you know, she won't beat Rhea um, last year for the NXT Women's Championship. Mm -hmm. She beat Asuka, ended her defeat streak. There's, there is a story that you can tell there. And that's got a lot of intrigue to me. My only, my only, yeah, I think that's the thing. Is that the only problem with Charlotte is obviously the overexposure. I think she's a great wrestler. I think she's a fantastic character, and she brings out the best in people more often than not. Um, but putting her in this match, it kind of dilutes what feels like it. This is a match that both Rhea and Asuka kind of deserve to have at WrestleMania. So I think adding Charlotte into the mix dilutes that formula especially seen as it also sets up the notion that they're going to do a booking where Asker and Rhea both annoyed that they've lost to Asker previous uh, lost to Charlotte previously team up to take on Charlotte and Charlotte still somehow beats both of them with a hand tied behind her back why not well, she's a flair yeah, she, she can do what she likes uh, Kevin has uh, sent another one to say one thing I'm afraid of on Raw Talk Rhea Ripley did seem to be more heelish I hope it's just badass Rhea not a heel turn to have the a potential baby face but definitely a heel Charlotte in the match <laughs> uh, start recording uh, has said has Strowman had been the worst booked at wrestlemania from the entire roster teams with a 10 year old at wrestlemania 34 wins a battle royal while feuding with snl guys at mania 35 last minute replacement for reigns versus goldback that no uh, goldberg that no one cared about at mania 36 now versus shane like i will say at least they're like high profile things for braun but they've never been great things for braun but he's he occupies that weird space in wwe that they only really have for a few people he's an attraction not a mm. not a champion necessarily in their eyes. So like he will always get on a WrestleMania card because he's freakishly large. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so you know they're quite happy to just keep putting him in things. Choo choo. As are is Choo choo. <laughs> we'll get to choo choo. Uh, Colby Tennis said Shane told Braun he would fight in any match. If Shane finds a way to jump off the pirate ship at the Raymond James Stadium, it could make for an amazing Mania moment in front of the fans. One hundred percent. The reason why Shane is on this show is to jump off a thing. That's why you put Shane on a show. Yeah, for sure. And like uh, you know, Shane versus the Miz. I thoroughly enjoyed that match. Loved so, it. You know, there there is potential here that it could be really, really fun. It could also feature 
a billion train noises and probably probably I'm I'm going to say pirate noises now they're going to put pirate noises in it Luke absolutely I mean yeah like you go back and look at that WrestleMania 35 card you know the one with like Becky oh, winning like there are some mm. like amazing matches on that card Kofi Mania like Kofi versus Brian is you know that is probably the best match on the card but if you were to ask me what match are you going to watch now I'd probably go I'll probably watch Shane versus Miz like yeah, it's just for the me, golf cart bit. Exactly, like, <laughs> for Miz Dad getting in the ring. It's, like, it's my mm. WrestleMania hardcore triple threat. I know there are better matches on the X7 card, but that's my favorite match of WrestleMania is that hardcore triple threat. I think Braun's going to make Shane walk the plank. <laughs> that's so good. He's yes, going to make I him walk that. the plank. Uh, Mike Dennis, what if like it's and there's a pool of green slime? That's kind of like the punchline to all of Oh, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see yeah. that. Nickelodeon, their heads explode. Mike Daniels said, Rhea versus Asuka is going to turn into a triple threat with Charlotte winning, isn't it? It's very much a potential. Luke Graham says, Rhea versus Asuka for me feels like when you host a birthday party and those two deflated balloons just left at the end. Hopefully they put the belt on Rhea and get Becky back for SummerSlam. Poor old Asuka in all of this, man. Mm. Mitchell Johnson. I think, it's the only, I think it's actually the only way to save the division. I think actually, yeah. like they've done such a big reset. They've, they've done such dramatic work to ruin the Raw Women's Championship by just not featuring it and not making it important that putting it on Rhea as like a big, hey, look, here's a new star. And we've actually, mm. you know, they have invested in her to some degree to make her a new star. Just doing this now is probably the best thing for the division. Mitchell Johnson said, though I am excited for Asuka versus Ripley match at Mania, would it be better to build a title match for someone like Peyton Royce at Mania so they have time to reintroduce Ripley? Maybe have her go for the title at SummerSlam. JTJ, fake door is raw. Like that's kind of thing that like, you know, having, because Ripley, uh, sorry, Ripley, uh, Royce had a great showing on this mm -hmm. uh, this episode of Raw. Like they did a big, big reset of Peyton Royce here to make her feel like an actual like character with some stakes and motivation on this. If you'd have had like Ripley versus Royce at Fast Lane to be the number one contender, like that there is already like, and you'd have built Ripley and you've been building Royce, then that would have felt like a really big deal. And yeah, like I, I feel like I, I agree with what Mitchell has to say there. You almost needed to reintroduce the Ripley character. Not everyone is watching NXT. Yeah, and uh, you know, and that's but that's again the kind of criticism that we were leveling at Fast Lane during our live reactions was like, what is its purpose beyond yeah. offering an opportunity for the WrestleMania pre-advertised matches to go away? Like, it should be about the people who haven't got matches at Mania booking their way into Mania, and not maybe for the top titles. Yeah. Like those, if those are decided by Elimination Chamber and Royal Rumble, then let's have some other people book their Mania journey at Fast Lane, putting you in the first. <laughs> Bob Steedley says, darkest timeline, Raw after Mania, Charlotte uh, beats Rhea in a squash match to win the title. That is a dark timeline. Uh, and lastly for now, Bezo Banks says, Sasha versus Bianca, Rhea versus Asuka, EO versus Raquel, take my house. I've said this about a lot of the awful build, but the in-ring quality of Mania has the potential to be the very best. WrestleMania 31 had the worst build, but ended up being one of the best Manias, so fingers crossed. It's absolutely, you know, it's kind of like the the story that they told between Drew and Sheamus uh, going into Fastlane wasn't really there outside of the fact that they have uh, they have had some matches now, but those two made a great story in the confines of the match and made that match feel like so much more 
epic. So yeah, there's every chance that while the build is not great, the show itself will be awesome. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters at the end of the day. What's well, the WWE thing of like their, uh, their D pick is usually the best wrestler because they don't think they're good TV. And then also if there's le- if they care less about what the match is going to be like because of the people who are in it, they're going to take less oversight of the overall booking and hopefully let people have a really good match. Uh, well, I mean, that was some of your thoughts uh, that we got there. But what if you could go onto a YouTube channel that is just as good as this one and give your thoughts live on air? Well, that is something you can do over on Wrestling Daily tonight. Louis Dangor from Wrestling Daily joins us now to tell us more about that. Yeah, so Wrestling Daily, we've always called a fan-driven show. So something we wanted to do is actually get you guys on the stream with us. So we're going to be doing a bit of a call-in bit, like on the radio where you go to your favorite presenter and be like, oh, this is my opinion on said topic. So um, if you've got an opinion on Raw, whether it's Braun Strowman's trains or the whole Charlotte Flair fiasco, come on and tell us. So that will be at 8 p.m. UK time this evening, which is 4 p.m. EST and 1 p.m. Pacific. We'll be sharing out the link for the show throughout, and uh, you guys can come on. Tell us what you got to think. Start a conversation. We'll be asking you guys questions about what you think about certain things. Because, yeah, it's a fan-driven show, and we want your opinions. Yeah, so that is over on the Wrestling Daily channel. Uh, so exactly. is the link now live for that? The link is now live for that. It should be in the chat. One, I'm sure one of the moderators. Uh, people are putting yeah, – moderators are posting it up in the chat. So there that's we a good go. Thing. So, right, yeah, excellent. head on over to the Wrestling Daily channel. Really excited for you to be doing a phone-in show. Um, yeah, that's going to be a really fun thing to do. It's going to be good fun. I'm going to have my finger over the buzzer at all times <laughs> yeah. in case anyone gets a bit cheeky. But, no, we as, – as I've said numerous times, uh, we love Wrestling Daily. We love the community we've built. So we're looking forward to incorporating more people, uh, the fans really, into the show. So, yeah, should be good fun. Well, thank you so much for dropping by, Louis. Uh, good luck with the show tonight. Um, thank make you. sure everyone tunes in. That's Wrestling Daily. There'll be links to that in the chat. Uh, But now it is time for us to talk about Monday Night Raw, uh, which was a show, I I put it as the, I called it the, oh crap, there's only 19 (laughs) days until WrestleMania edition of Monday Night Raw. Um, But we opened the show with a rematch of the main event from last week, which was Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus. Mm -hmm. Um, But this time they actually had some stuff with the Hurt Business, because the Hurt Business, well the rest of the Hurt Business, that is, of Cedric and Shelton, weren't out. They weren't really with Shelter. They weren't really with Lashley and MVP last week. And even when they defended their titles against New Day and lost them, they didn't feel like they were part of the group. So they actually came out this time. It was part way through the match, but they felt like they were an annoyance to Lashley and MVP, who didn't want them there at ringside and interfering. I think this is stupid. I think this is really dumb booking. Her business are the best thing from the 2020 produced in wrestling and breaking them up. I get, I I understand also you want Lashley to kind of splinter off, but he can still be a member of the group without the group. I don't know. Like, I think to me, like this kind of these efforts to make uh, like Alexander gets on the apron at one point and starts talking to Lashley when Lashley's about to pin Sheamus and Lashley's like, not now dude. And he's like, gets down and then they kind of try to interfere in the end. And that gives uh Seamus a bit of a one-up at this point. And then and then later in the show, they they try to 
take out Drew in their two-on-one handicap match and yeah. they fail and then Lashley goes, oh, if you can't, then Lashley's like, if you can't get the job done, it's like, but he didn't want you to do the job earlier. So what well, job is, is he it. wanting you to do? And then he goes and asks the like Ricochet and, and uh, Lince Dorado and all that stuff and like Drew Gulak to be like, any of you want to take out Drew? It's like, what, Lashley, what do you want? Maybe the maybe the point is, maybe the reason Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin are trying to help in the middle of matches is because you haven't set your expectations, mate, of what you want. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm with you on this one. Like, I think the Hurt Business rule, I think they're such a good group and they look awesome when they walk down and mm -hmm. they've got their suit. I'm kind of glad they took the tank belts off of them last week, yeah. even though I am excited for New Day versus AJ and uh, Omos. I'm kind of gutted that the Hurt Business were sort of like victims of, of, of that because they want to put over Omos, which, you know, is, is fair enough. But like, they've got such a good like package and good, they've got a good look to them. So here we are, you know, like he's won the belt now and it almost feels like, yeah, they are trying to find a way to break this group up. And I, I've, I found it just so baffling of his, it was, yeah, in this match, they were constantly interfering and MVP and Lashley didn't like this. So then later on, they challenged Drew to a handicap match and Drew said, well, I want the stipulation that if I win, they're barred from ringside at WrestleMania. And I thought to myself, well, I don't think Lashley and MVP want them out at ringside anyway. So I don't really know mm -hmm. what you're fighting for, Drew. They don't want them there. And then they lose that handicap match. And now she's like, oh, you're rubbish. I'm going to go and ask Umberto Carrillo to like take out Drew McIntyre and be in my corner. And I'm like, what are you doing? What? Like, th this, this feud was at its best. Because there was a moment on this show where I was really into this. And that's when they got into the ring and they got face to face. And like Drew was just like yelling at his face. And Bobby Lashley was pissed. And he was holding mm. up the belt because he's the champion. And MVP's holding him back. Doing like, think of the business. The business is WrestleMania. That's where the business is. WrestleMania. WrestleMania and over and over again. That was where this feud kind of like was cooking for me. And I was really into it. Um, but I'm way less into this idea of the Hurt business breaking up or Bobby Lashley handing out WWE title shots to Lince Dorado because he wants him to take out Drew McIntyre. My only hope for that is that it's Ricochet. Ricochet breaks and takes out Drew, and then you can build. The, that's the only like glimmer of story that I can see in that. But yeah, I just think it's a shame because you know, having watched a lot of NXT and having seen what they did with the Undisputed Era when Cole had the belt there, yeah, sure they leaned heavily on the Undisputed Era to have all the belts at multiple points throughout NXT's history, but. When Cole was the champion, sometimes the Undisputed Era would interfere in matches and sometimes Cole would be like, no, I'm coming out on my own and I'm taking this seriously because this is an opponent that deserves to be taken seriously and I'm going to do a wrestling match. Why not just do that with the Hurt Business? They are completely within... There's the capacity for them to do that with them without breaking them up. They don't have to feature them all the time together. They can just be a loose group that are run by MVP. I... I think breaking them up to make Lashley go out on his own, yeah, doesn't necessarily. Yeah. It doesn't make him look any stronger to me. Like he can have mates, but they not interfere. That is completely fine, isn't it? Yeah, no, I know. I, I I totally agree. It was it was a bizarre direction for them to take, but almost one like mm. it felt like they were going to take anyway because yeah. like last week when the hurt business weren't out with uh, Lashley and MVP, me and Ollie said on the show, I was like, uh oh, I mean, this doesn't look good for for Cedric and Shelton, and then and then you get into that worry of like, oh man, but if they break away from the hurt business, like then what do they do? Like, yeah, well, they just get lost in the shuffle, man. Like. Absolutely, and then you end up with the rest of the catering crew sat back there with Drew Gulak being like, well, I guess we'll run after the 24-7 title at some point. Um, 
then we got like, I, I, we then got Asuka versus Peyton Royce, which um, came off for the back of Royce cut this promo on Raw Talk where she wanted this shot against Asuka. Peyton Royce, this was her first singles match on Raw since January 18th. She hasn't won a singles match on Raw since September of last year when she beat Billy Kay. Like, it has been a long old time for Peyton Royce to be sat around. And then, because then she's just been the friend of Lacey Evans for a bit. Like, she's had tag matches mm. here and there, but like, as a, but it was bizarre for them to break up the iconics so Peyton Royce could go on a singles run and then instantly just put her into another tag team with Lacey Evans. But this was a, for me, this was a great reset for Peyton Royce. We've moved away from Lacey Evans. We are now just like, I am a new character. I am a, uh, I, this is what I am. Like her entrance was different. Her like presentation felt different. And then she had a great match with Asuka. This is the best that Peyton Royce has looked in WWE pretty much since the Iconics won the belts at WrestleMania a few years ago. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like, uh, it says a lot to be able to keep up with Asuka in in that kind of sense, even if Asuka hasn't been booked to the best of her ability in recent times. But yeah, I thought Payne looked really good here. Like, there were some great little um, sequences where, like, Payne went for the Northern Lights and Asuka rolls it through into an Asuka lock and it goes into a roll up oh. and then they kind of come out into the double knee code breaker. Like, yeah, there was, and the, she did that double stomp off the top to Asuka's back. And then, yeah, then it kind of fell into the kind of classic Iconics trap, which is you didn't get a three and you have a go at the ref. Oh, it was the that ref gives spots. the other person <laughs> the chance to get back into the match. That is, they do that every bloody match, the Iconics. <laughs> um, but yeah, like she had some really cool submissions in all of this as well. So, like for me, this, I, I, this was a big win for me. This was a big thumbs up for me because it felt like this was a great reset for Peyton Royce. And yeah, she didn't win, but she looked good in defeat. And sometimes, like that, that kind of works better for you. Um, and then we got the moment when Rhea Ripley came out to challenge Asuka, which sort of feels like then that Peyton Royce won't be doing much at WrestleMania. But at least like you've almost, you've started the building blocks that you could do something after WrestleMania. As long as that, yeah, I mean, as long as they keep featuring her, which they should have mm -hmm. got three hours of Raw to fill, they should feature more people. But yeah, like I, that's the thing is that if they just drop it now because it was just a case of we just need you to fill this much time before the other thing that we actually want to do with Asuka, which is I guess Raw's big curse is. You spend what you watch 10, 15 minutes for one minute that happens at the end of all that. But you know, like <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that they they continue with the Peyton Royce. They they need to build more credible challenges for things because then you don't get into a situation where you're like, oh, it's option D. You've just got loads of option A's for what you can yeah, do with uh, any belt. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we then got Ms. TV. Um, and I I'm really starting to feel bad now for all of those people that messaged us when Miz won the title being like, this is going to be super serious Miz. We're going to get a real serious Miz year long title run. This is going to be it. Like this is the Miz that we've all been waiting for because here we are uh, two weeks later and he's back to being comedy Miz as he was because next week uh, Miz and Morrison are debuting their brand new single. Hey, Hey, hop, hop which is a parody. Well, you know, it follows on from their Hey, Hey, Ho, Ho stuff they were doing last year. But now this one is a diss track against Bad Bunny. And they show a video clip of it. And it's them dressed up in these bunny suits. And I didn't include any of this in my review because I didn't want to spend too much time on it. But I, I was like, man, just two weeks ago, people were being like, oh, man, Miz, he's going to be a serious WWE champion. They're finally letting him be that main event guy. And I was like, no, he is just, he is a comedy goofball. And that mm. is all he'll ever be in this company, unfortunately. 
I just also like they rolled out, they like revamped the whole ring to do the Miz TV segment, and they didn't sit down. They like they didn't even do Miz TV. They just cut a promo. It's like, why is the point? Of, I hate these stupid talk shows. I do in the major wrestling. Show. Can I go let my cat in the room? Because I was going to say, do you want to let your cat in? Because I, I was going to say, there's a few people in the chat being like, am I hearing a cat? Yes, you can very much hear a cat. Shut up, <laughs> mate. We had this Honestly. a lot during the podcast record as well, where I just sort of said, I was like, oh, is your cat all right? <laughs> he woke up. But he woke up because I had put out this earlier and he was like, oh, that's a new thing I've never smacked my head against before so he's decided to come in here now but yeah i tried to lock him out because i thought he might be quiet then but no he will just sit outside the door and meow at it until he's let in and now he's going to meow at me from behind there so what difference does it really make terry <laughs> get up mate <laughs> so that's terry that is wrestle cat um here he it, is it's a bit of a, here he is there's wrestle cat look at grumpy, him grumpy bugger <laughs> oh oh he's so lovely though look at him there he's a bit calmer now. You're on a strain. What did you think of Ms. TV, Terry? I thought it was shit. <laughs> Terry, you're not supposed to swear on these. Oh, you'll have your head. Off you go. Okay. Well, I mean, the cat's in trouble now. He's going to be banned from all these streams oh, for swearing. Yeah. Um, you know, and in all of this, we then got um, uh, Ms. versus Jeff Hardy. They had a match. Um, I mean, I wrote like I wrote four notes for it. Hardy wants Morrison sent to the back. Miz accepts. Simple match. Miz wins. Like that was all of the notes I had for for this match. Yeah, I I wrote Miz sends Morrison to the back. Have I now dropped out because of this? Oh, Luke's gone. That's interesting. That's a new bit of the future. And now you can see too much of the room. This is fun. There's a lot going on today. Welcome to the chaos stream. Just Luke gone, says Rich. Well, let's carry on with this. Uh, so anyway, uh, um. My notes for it were that uh, Miz sends Morrison to the back and then Jeff is on his own. Uh, sorry, then Miz is on his own, takes on Jeff. Hardy does a little splash from the corner, which have had a lot of build-up. And I was like, why is he doing so much build-up for that? He hits the twist of fate, posts Hardy, uh, Miz posts Hardy and hits the skull-crushing finale. It was a nothingy match, but it was all because Bunny then came out, hit Miz with the guitar, walked down the ramp and said, at WrestleMania, I accept your challenge, bitch. And then Miz looked pretty pissed off. We then saw AJ and Omos backstage. Uh, they were walking around. Terry blew up Ollie, someone's saying in the chat. Um, yeah, AJ and Omos were backstage. We then had uh, AJ versus Kofi Kingston. AJ cut a bit of a promo before, so they're going to beat New Day for the belts. Um, Kofi then cut this really fun promo on AJ to, like in sort of like a regal king voice, saying that he was like uh, a wee man who commands a giant to do all of his evil bidding. This was like actually good comedy from Raw for once, I thought. Like normally when they do these kind of like, it, it, this is the epitome of the kind of little and large booking that Raw likes to do, where it's like, oh, you're you're small and he's tall. Ha, 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 let's all point out. But at least the New Day have the comedy chops to actually make it quite amusing. They also pointed out that maybe Omos shouldn't team with AJ because Omos is, you know, so big that it's going to be very hard for them to pin his shoulders to the mat. Uh, and... By teaming with AJ, he doesn't even have to be pinned to lose, which I think is a very good idea. AJ then said that, no, he's going to, you know, we're best friends, so he's not going to not be my partner. So the New Day quizzed them. I liked this little quiz where AJ was like, what's his favourite colour? And AJ's like, red. And Omos was like, mauve. 
very good. Uh, AJ thought that I almost would like vanilla bean ice cream. Uh, I almost liked peanut butter. And then uh, his favorite wrestler was AJ Styles, but it was Andre the Giant for real. And then AJ said AJ Rocks, which ended the segment basically. And then he had a really good little match between AJ and Kofi, as you would expect from AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston. Um, I wasn't really sure about the ending to this though, because I, you know, like AJ's gearing up. Basically, there's a bit, there's a moment where Omos has a sort of uh, face off with Woods on the outside. We cut to break, come back, and AJ's basically gearing up for the phenomenal forearm. Um, and then just as he's about to sort of jump on the ropes, Woods starts playing the trombone behind him, and that distracts AJ enough that uh, Omos then sort of chases, hello, Luke, welcome back. We're talking about AJ Styles versus Kofi Kingston. Sweating up a storm there. My internet just like, it was weird though. My internet cut out, but YouTube was still working. Like, I was watching the stream, but I could not open any other website. <laughs> so, but it's okay. Phew, I'm back now. My crying. Uh, yeah, what did I miss? Well, I've just been filibustering about the about Raw, and now, uh, well, now we're talking about AJ versus Kofi Kingston. Covered a little bit about backstage and the Bad Bunny stuff, but if you've got anything else to say about the Bad Bunny Miz bit with the guitar, I didn't uh, think no, there was very was, much to it. You know, another another I, WrestleMania I still, match suddenly booked. I still think we're going to get the tag match because that was what the original plan was. Apparently, it was like the, Sean was saying, he, like he was told that Bad Bunny was training for a tag team match, not a singles match. So I do get the feeling that we are going to get Priest and Bad Bunny versus Miz and Morrison, which to me makes more sense than just Miz versus Bad Bunny as a singles match. Well, unless they're more convinced, though, unless they're actually quite convinced by Bad Bunny's in-ring acumen. But I feel like this should have also been... This This should be about putting over Priest, who's... That's exactly Who's going to be around yes. for the future and should do the heavy lifting in this match, you know? Like... This this entirely should be Priest basically having a handicap match with Miz and Morrison. Tags in Bunny to do a splash, as yes. celebrities like to do. Like, oh, look, he did a flip off the top to the outside. End of the story. Priest yep. handily deals with Miz and Morrison, thus building a mid-card guy. <laughs> you know, or I, wherever I, they're going to use I, it. But. Yeah. I still think we're going to get the tag match out of this. Um, and on the AJ Kingston match, uh, I loved this. I thought it was so, so much fun. Like Kingston and Styles, yeah, of course, uh, are going to have an amazing match. And they did here. And it was kind of fun. Mm. They did like the, the promo stuff with Omos to start with to prove that they're not really a tag team because AJ knows nothing about Omos because he doesn't know what his like favorite color is or his favorite flavor of ice cream is or his favorite rest of the stuff. So there is some, you know, I, there was some pretty good stuff in this, but the match itself for me was was pretty banging. Yeah, I was, I was saying that it was like, it lent on the promo school of WWE, which is point out the size discrepancies between people, but at least Kingston and Woods are smart and funny enough to actually make that good. And, you know, obviously making that good was doing a, a weird Regal King voice. That was <laughs> a lot of fun. But yeah, I, I think this, I thought this was a really good match. I just thought it was a bit kind of, did you find the ending a bit weird where Woods distracts him with the trombone? Yeah. like, like I guess It's kind of like, it's sort of cheeky. It's, it's they played it off as if it was kind of cheeky, but it's also just straight up cheating. Like, you know. But I think, like, I, I think the point they were trying to make with this is because, like, Omos is a, a distraction in himself because he's so tall that, like, Woods was a distraction because he has a trombone. Like, I, I, I wonder if that's the story to tell. Like, but it, for me, it was oranges, weird. mate. It's... Well, yeah, I know, yeah. But I mean, for me, it was weird because, like, this is AJ's first pinfall loss. Uh, in a proper singles match mm -hmm. since October, like since before he went to Raw in the brand splits. Um, and it didn't like, it didn't really feel like much of a big deal. 
Like AJ's gimmick for a little bit was, I'm undefeated since I came to Raw. And like, it didn't really feel like much of a big deal. Like he got pinned during the, the gauntlet match. But outside of that, he's been like really heavily protected. Mm. Well, AJ needs to go back to being comedy heel AJ again. So that, you know, that that's it. It's going to be, he's a goof for a while. And then, then when they realize they need another really good worker again, he'll go back to being a serious character once more. Um, I just, yeah, it's. I just think it's a bit silly, this trombone thing. And then Omos gets distracted and follows Woods and that gives Kofi the chance to hit the SOS and pick up the win. And they were like, ah, see, you can be distracted too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a shame. I think it maybe, it's, uh, maybe it's just to give New Day some wins because AJ and Omos are going to pick up the belts um, at Mania. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, can, I can definitely see that. I'm sorry about the cat. I honestly... <laughs> can't tell you what he's up to or why he's bothered whether or not um, i'm in not here right it's fine people love cats people love cats on the internet like if anything we're going to get more people viewing the show because <laughs> that's it cats. yeah <laughs> um, taking grumpy cats a, to the next level we got a, a backstage segment with seamus um and this is the other thing as well like i so at the start of this show when they had the bobby lashley seamus thing after the match cedric and shelton were beating up seamus and then drew mcintyre runs down to make the saves you're like oh, okay we're we gonna do something with drew and seamus here maybe seamus will be in drew's mm. corner for the mania match maybe there'll be some sort of dynamic in there of these like best friends but they then became enemies but now they're going to be back on a common ground again and realize that their friendship does mean more that than all of this stuff that they were fighting over and then he just started a feud with uh, matt riddle over the united states championship I'm like all right okay so i yeah. guess that's what we're doing instead then about scooters and the loch ness monster and uh yeah have you been to drew's house in Ireland? has drew been to your house in ireland i mean i like i liked riddle appearing from nowhere on a, on a scooter and doing stuff catador's very over in chat rich says that's good <laughs> it's good it's good that you're all because he's driving me insane like i cannot concentrate when he's doing this but um <laughs> yeah I, I i quite like riddle sort of appearing on the scooters just ask all the, like a weird toddler like he's mm-hmm. he's clearly moved on from weed let's say that for 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 once uh <laughs> Have you been to Loch Ness? Have you it's dreaming to your house in Ireland? What are you what are you say, taking, yeah. Riddle? What are you taking? Um Sean described yeah, him. Good. Sean compared him to like the annoying neighbor kid from Home Alone. Like at the start, we're just like, does this get good mileage? Does your car do was gas? Like it was it just constantly asking annoying questions. It reminds um, me of Icky was... from uh, Legend of Korra, which I've been watching recently. Um, what I was like, perhaps my least favorite thing on this show, and only because like it's just going nowhere fast, is Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke versus Nia Jax mm-hmm. and Shayna Baszler. Now, I thought that WWE were going to try and tell this story that Rose and Brooke um, have been trying valiantly to win these titles. Like I, I'm in my head, I wrote a story <laughs> because I was trying to make sense of why this just keeps happening on TV. I was like, there must be a reason for this. So I wrote this story in my head that WWE are like, oh yeah, because they're like, they're struggling, but they're finally going to overcome the odds and they're going to beat these monster heels that just keep beating them in matches. And they're going to have this big victorious moment with the championships. But no, like Jackson basically just beat them again. And then Naomi and Lana are on commentary and they're like, we think we should have a rematch for the titles. And I'm like, why? You lost two weeks ago and then you lost last week to the people that just lost this match. So why do you deserve a tag title match? And this like this division is going nowhere. No one's being built. No No one is getting over. And then Reginald is there. And apparently is the focal point of all this because he can do a flip. He's that lad from JLS who's just like, well, that lad does a flip. 
So now where would we call the X Factor? Go out there and do a flip, will you? Or One like, singular flip. Yeah, diversity was the other one as well, weren't there? It was like, you're the, the lad, you're the short lad that does the flip. Go and do a flip. It's basically you and I when we did Wrestle Talk Extra, and we were trying to bully Pete into doing a flip on camera. <laughs> <laughs> we Pete, Pete, do a flip. Yeah, but look how over we'd be. Look how much more screen time Pete would get if he'd just done that flip. Like, look, flip. Reginald is Reginald is getting loads of screen time. Nia Jax fancies Reginald because he does a flip as well. Like. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the story that's being told here is that, you know, and this is just garbage. This is hot garbage, this, <laughs> this hot booking garbage. is. Because it is, it's just, what do, the, what do the women's tag belts mean? What have they meant at all throughout their entire inception and existence? Like, people were begging, like, the, you know, they had superstars begging for these belts to be made. And WWE caved and made them. And they've mishandled them so badly that NXT went, we're going to have to get our own ones, aren't we? Like, you know yeah. what? We're going to have to have to get our own ones. And then, yeah, and then you've got Jackson Baszler, who've just taken on Banks and Belair over the belts and ownership of Reginald. Then it's Mandy and Dana, but it's also Naomi and Lana, who Lana can't even remember what she's asking for at the end of this segment when Naomi's like, we want the title shots. And Naomi, so Lana was like, oh, yeah, the title shot. Title shot, we want a rematch, a rematch. And it's like... Get with the program, Lana. What are you asking for? And then the whole match is about the fact that Naya is just looking at Reginald mm -hmm. instead of concentrating on the match. And Baszler's getting annoyed that Naya is far more interested in Reginald than her. So, like, even at the end when they're doing their celebration, she like twirls Reginald around and Baszler's to behind me, like, hey, what? I, my only hope is that they splinter Baszler off from this because she's tired of this bull crap and it's just mm -hmm. like no i'm actually quite a serious wrestler so i'm not going to get involved with any of this rubbish that's occupying these five other people that is my only hope yeah i it was but otherwise it's it's, no it's a bleak indictment of what they think yeah. of women's wrestling like it is no good and like in all that like you were just saying then like the story of this match was Nia Jax kept getting distracted by Reginald because Reginald is stood on the outside and Reginald does a flip or whatever. And then that's also distracting Baszler because Baszler's not being able to tag in. So Mandy mm. Rose and Dana Brooke are so rubbish that they can't <laughs> even be a tag team that is distracting themselves. Like, that's how yeah. crap Rose and Brooke Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't even think Absolutely about it like that. Absolutely shocking <laughs> scenes. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, yeah, it's just... I just... It just makes me really, really cross. Because like <laughs> even it's it's just like what is the what is the point of this division? Because also like this is they would they were doing stuff with these guys and like the the tank belts instead of doing the Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, like all of that stuff has been all of this has been above and beyond their main title. So it's just it makes me feel a bit sick to be honest. It's just like oh, so um. Shane McMahon has a new mid-card of evil that we sort of predicted on the, the fast lane stream. He oh. is now friends with Elias and Jackson Riker. They sing a song about Braun being stupid. Uh, and then it led to Elias versus Braun Strowman in a rematch of fast lane. But no one cares about the match. No one cares about the fact that afterwards Braun challenged Shane to a match and Shane said, yeah, I'll fight you in any match you want. No one cares about that. What people want to hear is... Because if you, haven't, if you haven't watched Raw, 
they have added train sound effects to when he does the Strowman Express run around the ring gimmick. I proper laughed out loud. Not because it was good, but because it was so silly. It was like, yeah. like when they added the creak sound effect to Alistair Black's entrance <laughs> and you go like, oh, that's a bit weird. Or like the ricochet one, which goes like, like at the start of it. And <laughs> he, is, he is now the new sound effect gimmick and he's got literal train noises. I just... <laughs> do, do you know, when I, when I saw it, I was like, have I missed something on Raw recently? Like, I've not heard anyone talking about this. And obviously, like, I don't, generally speaking, watch all of Raw on a weekly basis. And if I was, I would probably skip a Braun Strowman segment just because it's not my favourite guy, But uh, especially because he does the choo-choo thing around the ring all the time. <laughs> uh, but now they've made the... They've, they, like, they like the choo-choo thing around the ring so much so that they've put a sound effect on it. Maybe it's yeah. because they saw how Elias took it at fast lane which was and they were like well what will we do if it's going to be crap in the future i know let's give it a, a in, honestly, let's give it some brum brum so he does he starts <laughs> <screaming> <laughs> and you <laughs> literally hear like exactly yeah and as he runs it goes he's literally he's a literal train like it's gonna t- it's gonna turn into calling spots at some point people are gonna be singing he'll be coming around the mountain when he comes like it's it's gonna be that he'll be coming around the mountain around the when mountain. he comes. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, okay, so like Octavius Kitty, like she did a video once reviewing um, Thomas the Tank Engine on I think it's on mm. the Commodore sixty four, and in that video she's just like, I don't know, I'm a train. Braun Strowman is that now. Is literally just goes, I don't know, I'm a literal train now. Like I literally go choo choo as I run round the ring. I laughed uproariously at how silly this was. <laughs> I uh, yeah, and I just don't like. Is his gear meant to be a train conductor, or is his gear just like woodsman? Like I don't. Know, I want to see him in gloves. Yeah, I want to see him in full train gear. I want to see him dressed as the Fat Controller. Is what oh, I want to yeah. see him. Yeah, that's what I want to see from Braun Strowman. Obviously, I don't know if you have the Fat Controller in America uh, viewers over there, but he he was part of Thomas the Tank Engine. He was the little guy that ran the yeah, ran the operation. Yeah, that's what I want to see Braun Strowman dressed as. I think America's had Thomas the Tank Engine. Like I, I just, mean, I think they call it, I think they just call him Thomas the Tank. But yeah, he is Thomas the Tank Engine. More train is what I say. Let's train this to. <laughs> let's train this to the maximum. Like I want to see max track. I want to see from the moment Braun Strowman steps out, drop the roar at the beginning of his entrance, make it a train whistle. Braun walks oh, yeah. out, and the whole time he's in the ring is just train noises. There's announcements. Uh, <laughs> the toilet's out of action in the in the yeah, stadium yeah. for that bit of time where he's on when he's on screen. This is what I want from Braun Strowman. This oh, is mate. absolute <laughs> nonsense. And then at the end of the match, Shane he beats up Riker and Eli- he powers down Elias and wins the match, and he sort of gets rid of everyone. And so Shane sneaks in and hits him with a crutch, and uh, the crutch bends over. Strowman's back. He doesn't take any damage from it. He's immune to crutch because he's a train. Uh, and so then Shane is fine and runs up the ramp. And he's like, Braun then says to him, "Like you're not going to run away from me forever. I'm going to get my hands on you at WrestleMania. And Shane's like, yeah, fine. A match at WrestleMania. That's not Shane's game plan, is it? Shane's <laughs> game plan has not been to be involved in matches with Braun. Yeah, I was going to say, because, like, yeah, I'm not getting on with this story. It it doesn't help the fact that Shane's too old to be doing this character, Mm. for starters. But this this needed, this is where you use Adam Pearce, like, isn't it? Like, this is where Adam Pearce comes out and says, I've been speaking to Braun, and we've booked you in a match for Mania. 
Shane should not want the match at Mania. Like, Shane, yeah. Because now they're going to do three weeks of, or two more rules or whatever it is, of Shane trying to get out of the Mania match by picking up another injury or whatever it is, or trying to take out Braun. It's like, just make it so that it does feel like, it feels like a get to get Shane in the match at Mania. Like that's that's kind of should be the point, right? Like it should be the the reveal at the end of the story, almost that like he's been annoying Braun this entire time, and Braun can't get his hands on him, and every time he does, he's got his back up and blah 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 blah. And then Braun goes, "Oh yeah, I spoke to Adam Pearce, and you're booked in a cage match with me at WrestleMania." Obviously, a cage match wouldn't wouldn't work because then he can't do his choo choo train around the ring. But you know, something like that. Well, Maybe I head mean, in a I, cell. Head in a cell because it's got the space. I think outside. it will be. I think it will be a cage match. But like with a sort of a pinfall thing, so you can at least get out of the ring and do the choo choo. Yeah, bits. yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I, I think it will end up being that. Um, we did get some announcements for like matches that are happening at WrestleMania and on what nights. Uh, so we got Drew versus Bobby, Bianca versus Sasha, and Miz versus Bad Bunny on night one. Roman Reigns versus Edge, Rhea versus Asuka, and Orton versus Fiend on night two. I think a lot of people were pretty upset for the fact that Bianca versus Sasha is not headlining one of the nights because it does look like it is Bobby Drew headlining night one and Roman versus Edge headlining night two. Mm -hmm. I think it is it's it is poor form on WWE's part, but also I think they've taken the Bianca Sasha feud so far off the boil that it doesn't feel like it should be the main event slot at yeah. this point. And that's sad because it should have been. To be fair, maybe that was their maybe that was their tactic all along. It's like, if we beef this hard enough, then we can uh, we don't have to make it the main event because people won't expect it to be. We've at least got the things like, well, it's not popular. So it's not popular because you made it not popular. It was completely popular at the Rumble. Everyone thought that was a great idea. Uh, and then in the main event segment, Randy Orton um, didn't really summon the Fiend. The Fiend came out. And he's now the new crispy burnt Fiend. Randy Orton tried to like burn him again and then hit an RKO. And then Fiend hit the sister Abigail, pointed to the sign, WrestleMania. No gimmick match announced, but I guess we that will happen in due course. This wasn't a... I, I'm not massively into the spooky storyline anyway, but also this felt like a nothing main event segment. It, it, considering all of the wacky stuff they have done, this just sort of felt like very average. Um, it did and it not kind of advance the story. Like... Yeah, exactly. And like it really just felt like a, a pan... Like, yeah, because like he laid him... The Fiend laid out Randy Orton with his sister Abigail, which we literally saw at Fastlane. So, yeah, you're right. Like, this did not advance the story one iota. They like, were Randy this Orton... far away from doing it at Fastlane. That's yeah, all it would have taken, and it would have been done. All it was taken was a point, exactly. And, like, Randy Orton came out for this and didn't really feel like he was scared of new Crispy Fiend because he's just cutting mm. a promo as he normally would. So, yeah, it didn't... Yeah, I don't know. I was, I was a bit disappointed by this as a follow-up to, to what happened at Fastlane. Yeah, and this I think this this is the thing. This story has been spinning its wheels since its inception. Since Randy Orton burnt the fiend, this story has just been waiting for the fiend to come back. And then it turns out fiends come back, they have no more ideas for it than he's got a new mask, which is, you know, it is what it is. I quite like the mask. I think it's quite I cool. Like I think there's like I think this is the thing about the fiend. I feel like I just you see the, the potential in the character for lots of interesting story. And they're just obsessed with the kind of Let's just do something vaguely spooky that doesn't go anywhere. The best horror films always have a point to them and something that's going to happen. Like, you know, and whether that's the one upmanship of each segment gets increasingly, like, increasingly more ridiculous, the kills are crazier, whatever it is. Like, horror films don't just do the same scare scene every single week. Oh, he stood up again. Oh, he stood. Because even then, they were like, oh, he stood up. It's like, yeah, because he 
Randy Orton turned around and was looking at Alexa Bliss, who came through the ropes. It's like it's not like he. It's like it wasn't magic that he stood up while you weren't looking. No. That's not. In, that's yeah. not, if he was at the other end of the bloody arena, then that's kind of magic. That's kind of spooky. But yeah, this that just doesn't do anything. I, yeah, it's a. I just again my catchphrase of this stream. That's a shame. But it yeah, is a shame. Good. well, it is. It is a shame. And like I thought, this was a bit of a panic edition of Raw. Like it was, you know, it was broadly fine. I guess there was some really good stuff on this. Some really good wrestling. Like mm -hmm. I loved the Asuka Peyton Royce match. I really enjoyed Bobby Sheamus and AJ Kingston was also really great as well. Like so, I, and actually, do you know what? We didn't really talk about the handicap match of Drew versus the the Hurt Business, but I really enjoyed that as well. Like it was a really fun handicap match. So the the in ring work on this was a really good episode. But there's so much meh around it and because it felt like such a panicked roar because we're like you know as you pointed out we've only got two more roars until wrestlemania now mm. that everything just sort of felt like oh, okay and now we do this oh god and like every segment just felt like a oh my god we are running out of time we need to rapidly do this sort of stuff so in the end i scored it a, a three out of five because it was you know it was an average show but what did you make of it i think i'd probably give it a two like, I mean, yeah. I don't watch a lot. I don't watch Raw on the regular, and I did not necessarily enjoy these three hours of my time being spent. Like, it just felt like too little, too late in terms of the WrestleMania booking. And actually, Raw has done a good job of dampening my spirits for Mania, which I'm sure I'm. I'm sure we'll. I'll get excited for it again. And oh, then, yeah. you know, there's little glimmers here and there, but it's that thing of like wrestling is is a medium in which. I think story advances incrementally as it is. Like, you know, a wrestling story is eked out over very small amounts of TV in a very long-form format. It's that kind of, like... It's kind of how, like, Freak of the Week shows do it, where, like, the last five minutes of every every episode yeah. of Supernatural or Buffy, where it's like, here's just the monster of the week, is actually relevant to the overarching story. That's how wrestling runs itself. But they haven't worked out what those five minutes should be any week. So you just get the same thing over and over again. You just get Randy, like, rather than just do the point at the WrestleMania sign last night and then have a have a Fiend segment where the Fiend does something that doesn't involve Randy Orton. We get to see the Fiend again. Why can't the Fiend yeah. have a match? I don't know. I You know, why can't the Fiend come out and attack somebody or, like, attack some people close to Randy Orton to build a match? You know, like, why can't, why are the Hurt Business breaking up now? What? Why is any yeah. of this? There was a lot of stuff that I, I wasn't keen on. We took it to our YouTube community poll. 58% uh, gave it an average as well. But like it was kind of like, it felt it's very weighted to be average because four out of five got 17, two out of five got 13. So it felt like everyone was just, yeah, it was, it was a show. But let's see what you think in the Ultra Chats. Uh, please do get your Ultra Chats in. We will read them out before the show is over. Matt Graham says, Hey, fellas, I know my son and I are in the minority here, but we're looking forward to seeing Fiend versus Awesome because it feels like Frankenstein versus Frankenstein's monster. My kid and I are reading it before bed, and he caught that last night. Jam that jam. That's quite nice. I like that. Yeah, I think, I, I think there's definitely something interesting in the Fiend autumn they just haven't told it yet so if they can find oh, that yeah, in two like, weeks time we we said this on the fast lane review show yesterday but like if they do a firefly funhouse match i think it's going to be absolutely awesome like there's going to be mm. so much in there like in the same way like you know what the builds to fiend cena was a pretty cack but the firefly funhouse match was so good that yeah i'm like all of 
once that match is amazing and it will be all of the like three months of nonsense i'll be like that in mind do you know what because at the end of it we've got yeah. a really decent match out of it well also it's got like, that same history week to week and it's got that same yeah. history embedded in it i've even seen like bray wyatt has been posting on twitter the picture of raw uh sorry of, of orton giving him the punt when he was husky harris and so, like, the, the the thought is already in his head. And if he's allowed to kind of come up with the concept for the Firefly Funhouse match, it could be very good. Uh, Blind Raw says, uh, let Rhea just be a monster. Let her just do brutality on Asuka. Have a monster run. Yeah, I feel bad for Asuka, but I don't see Asuka leaving Mania as champ anyway. Shout out to Brutality for ruining Rhea's theme for me. This is my brutality. But Brutality has ruined it for everyone. Um... Uh, I'll do a few more, then I'll hand over to you. Uh, Holopan says, first time watching Raw in about two years. I wish I hadn't. Rhea loses her last match, then walks right into a Raw for a title shot. Shane versus Braun. I don't get the feud. Is this because I'm not eight years old? Is The Fiend now just Crispy Kane? Raw is no jam. Uh, Michael Riviera says, hey, lads, only in WWE have you seen Omos and Styles, and Omos is built as the star of the team. I mean, at least just getting a new talent over. I'm I'm all for that. Like, And they've been trying to get him over as a new talent for, you know, I, I, they've finally landed on something with him. I'm genuinely excited to see him debut. I think they've done a really good job of presenting the Omos character. Yeah, I think he's got some crazy strong man tactics up his sleeve oh, that yeah. would be really interesting and like the new day are really good choices for that as well because i think they'll be good like they'll be good to play off that base of omos being so strong and so tall to yeah. do flippy stuff that'd be so I, i'm actually really looking forward to that match canal 3641 says been a fan since the challenge days wow that is a long time ago for Russell. um Fans say thanks for watching, so I don't have to. Uh, used to really annoy me. However, I skipped Raw for five weeks, and they are spot on. I just watch yours and Fightful's reviews to know what segments to watch. I save two hours in a day. You can save a lot of time. Uh, Canal again says, uh, "Can someone wake me up when they get to the Firefly Funhouse, please?" Not sure we can watch three more weeks of Randy Fiend Bliss build up to WrestleMania. Also, forgot to mention, keep up the great work for you guys and all the content, including on the consultation. Thank you so much, Canal for mentioning my other podcast. I really, really appreciate that. It's my Games Master show, and I'm very proud of it. Uh, Pacer Dawn says, it, it is a plug. Underconsultation.com. We're on Twitter, <laughs> at underconsultpod. Um, if you liked the 90s TV show Games Master, or just chat about retro games, then you'll enjoy it. Pacer Dawn, I was in the Thunderdome for Raw. All matches that spanned commercial breaks actually continued through the commercials. That's a nice change. Retribution wasn't even on main events. Also, they said to cheer for Rhea, uh, Rhea so she's not a heel yet. That's interesting. Oh, that is really that's interesting. Re that's really interesting. Thank you so much for letting us know about that. Yeah, but the other thing as well, yeah, we should mention there was no follow-up to Retribution uh, after what happened at Fastlane to show you just how mm. little WWE cares about this. If you um, did you see the bit of news about Retribution? I did. Yes. So yeah. So if you have, I watched seen your news, Luke. In fact. Oh, thanks, mate. So if you Very haven't good. seen this news, thank you. If you haven't seen this bit of news, um, Ali is working through an injury at the moment, and WWE said if you can work through this injury because he does need surgery. So if you can work through this injury, this is you know as a report. If you can work through this injury, then we will give Retribution the big blow-off at WrestleMania and we'll disband the group then. So uh, Ali has been working through this injury uh, without the surgery that he needs. Again, this is going by what has been reported. And then they scrapped those plans and did it on the Fastlane kickoff show. And absolutely no one remembered and it got no follow-up on Raw at all. So yeah, I felt really bad for Mustafa Ali this morning. Well, especially as it ends with a double choke if he's injured and they do a big double choke slam from two huge guys i just yeah i mean it's, 
I think that honestly, that's disgusting behavior to be fair, like to promise someone something to say, like, if you work through an injury, hey, why don't you take years off your career potentially for, oh, look, nothing. Ha ha ha. Brendan Harris says Shayna should be the female Triple H by now, dominating the women's division. She should have been fine on her own, but now she needs her horse women. Bring up Jessamine and Marina to do all of this uh, effing right the first time round. All hail the Queen of Spades. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of wasting, excuse me, Marina and Jessamine Biden just not bringing them up with her. Like, what a great act that they were in NXT. Yeah. I'd be well up for that on Raw. Uh, Harry Orr said, when I heard Braun's train noises, all I could think of was the L Dude brothers from Peep <laughs> Show. <laughs> uh, do you want to take over for a little bit? Certainly do. Nicholas Lama says, uh, not sure if discussed already, but do you think that they're digging themselves into a hole by having one of their best talkers, The Fiend, be the silent monster to bliss? Um, potentially. I mean, I mean they, get, yeah, they get the best of both worlds if they bring back bray in the funhouse because yeah, you know they, exactly. they can still lean on that but yeah i i like the kind of that combo of alexa doing the talking i think she's really good but yeah they kind of are using two of their best promos two of their best actors in that sense in this one segment i think their other best actor is roman at this exact moment in time yeah. um wilson simon says i've been holding out hope for riddle i thought i mean it's the closest we'll probably get to his actual character and he won a title i'm gonna ignore him being annoying but after the whole was it something i said bro it really took me out of it yes that was the ending of the segment so he asks all of these questions then seamus hits him with the scooter and he's laying on the floor and he's just, was it something i said not great new no. Uh, Blind Rora says, uh, following up from yesterday's Ultra Chat, I finally remember what The Fiend was supposed to look like for me. He's Meltman from Action League now from Nickelodeon's Kablam lineup. Well, I haven't I seen know. Action League I don't now. know what I'm, that I'm is. Google you Google that on air. I'll, I'll do the next one. Nate Fultz says, uh, incoming from Canes, Knox County. Super excited to have Bray back with this new look, but I want him away from Randy as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... I think it's like you said, it's because Randy's not Randy's not the right recipient for a tormenting and yeah. turning also like turning Randy evil. Randy's already Randy already burned down Bray's house without much prompting. Like oh, yeah. him him <laughs> extending his arson to a person doesn't really feel quite as dramatic as like Bray's previous, like, I'm gonna beat up Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins goes crazy and turns heel after this. Like, that was a really interesting wrinkle to the character that just sort of wasting time on. Cameron Lane says, I love the fiend. Spooky nonsense is my weakness. The problem is, Randy's <laughs> been a jobber. He won the Inferno match, but since has lost every single match since, I think, thanks to Alexa or the Fiend. Do we just wait for the Fiend to delete slash banish Randy now? Ah, Randy will just come back. Like, you know, he's not going anywhere, yeah. so they'll just move on into different views i guess yeah and that's i think that's fine i think the thing is it's for them they're just looking at it in terms of draw and they've just gone the fiend is a big draw and randy orton is a big name so therefore that makes a mania match and not they're not thinking like what would be just a cool story for the fiend to do like you know the Fiend got john cena last year like the fiend is going to have these big matches with these big people I think it should have done the Fiend versus Triple H. That's that's what they should have that's done. That's what that that's one's got to happen at some point. Yeah. I'd love that. But he's the. I think that's like the head of the table thing, isn't it? Of being like you, you, you build that into like NXT, and you go like, well, mm-hmm. you, you promised me so much back oh, in the day, and look where so you've let me get much. to. Oh, it's really oh, rich and juicy. So oh, num 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 num. I want some of that. Nate S says, "How did Braun not burst out laughing when the train noises hit?" 
what a pro. <laughs> he is a pro. You know what? I, I, yeah. I give him a lot of stick on this show, but what a pro for not busting out laughing. He can't laugh. He's a train. Uh, Projection two K said, uh, "Remember when Ollie was very upset about the Raw after Survivor Series twenty eighteen? That's how I feel now, and it's really pissing me off. I know WWE can make quality programming. They just keep panicking too damn much. It's getting very hard to watch Raw now." Well, that's it. WWE have got all the tools in the toy chest to make the best wrestling product, and for whatever reason, it's not. And I find mm. that to be quite frustrating. The bed. Somebody crapped it. <laughs> that's, that's WWE on a weekly basis. I don't even know they're in charge of a bed. Um, yeah, okay. So uh, we're on to sort of just the general WWE chats. Now start recording says, it's so strange how Zelina Vega and Andrade are just suddenly not in WWE anymore. Remember their eternal feud with the Street Profits where Ford was poisoned? Good times. I really wanted Andrade versus Mysterio at Mania when they kept having great matches. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm so intrigued to see what's going to happen next for Andrade. It just, it does feel, it feels really weird because like it, it, they lost Zelina over them just being immovable about something outside of the ring when they clearly really liked her on TV. And then I think they've just lost Andrade because they lost Zelina. So it is just a, it's just a dominoes effect, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Anthony Velasquez says, why was Elias hanging out with Shane McMahon when Shane literally set Elias up the day prior? WWE always drives me crazy with no attention to little things. That is so true. They did try and explain this one away because I think what they said was that like uh, the reason why Elias lost to Braun is because Shane dropped it on him with no notice. So he didn't have any preparation, but now he's had a day to prepare for this match. So it's almost like Shane kind of like tricked him into doing the match for a second time because like, well, now you've got now you've got like advanced warning so you can prepare for the match this time. I mean, it's not great, but at least it's something. Yeah, I think this is the thing, isn't it? It's this this notion that Clearly, Elias thinks he can take Braun Strowman. <laughs> yeah. Good on it. He's a train. What are you going to do? Uh, Issa Smith says, I'll be your source, Ollie. Uh, here is some insider info. WWE have no idea what to do for Mania. They have left it too late for a lot of stories. Don't know what to do with Braun, Shane, or their women's division. Keep it to yourself. They are hiding it well. I mean, at least they know what they're doing with Braun and Shane. Give them that. Yeah, they... they sort of know what they're doing now uh, jack spate says hey guys hope you're doing well just doing some uni work whilst watching news so here's my question why is ricochet still with wwe breaks my heart to see all his excellence wasted anyways thanks for watching raw so i don't have to lol hashtag jam that jam i think with ricochet like i think he put up a post that said that he's you know quite happy with the the role that he's got he's getting paid well um so you know and if he as long as he's happy in in what he's doing there then like it's it, i find it a shame as well because that is an incredible talent to be wasted but if he i mean yeah i'd, I'd like to see him outside of that company because clearly they're never going to do anything with him and haven't done since february of last year but as long as if he's happy then i'm happy i wonder if everyone is convinced that vince is stepping down soon like Ooh. is triple h doing the rounds to all of his guys and being like yeah soon guys i'm gonna make some of all of you like i promise and they're just like oh well hang on then i mean it is it probably is a bigger paycheck than you get most other places maybe saving up for a house you never know once he gets the house and move out like that's that's how some people do their jobs uh benny boy says uh so are we getting riddle versus sheamus in a u.s title scooter on a pole match at wrestlemania i mean those two again are going to have an absolutely slapping match because they had a match on raw that was awesome so yeah i think they'll have a really good match at mania yeah, I mean, it's going to have a terrible build. I'll tell you that for free. But uh, it's going to be a really good match. Uh, Jericho X Titan says, WrestleMania will have a lot of good to meh matches with uh, meh to bad stories instead of having great matches with awesome stories. WWE seemingly can tell great stories but don't seem to want to. Why? 
We said this on the fast lane thing. We said this on the fast lane thing, actually. I think you were out of the room, Luke. We were saying, like, of all things, WWE has the most mechanical skill and, like, Mm -hmm. infrastructure to make the best wrestling show that anyone can make. When they do stuff well, they do it better than anyone else. And some of that is by virtue of having been the only TV show for a very long time. But when they do nail something, I think they transcend wrestling. And yet... Here we are on a weekly basis going, why, why would you do that? What does Lashley want? What what does Bobby yeah. Lashley want? We have got the same promotion that is churning out what we got here on Raw, which was you know middling to bad. And the same company in just five days' time is going to put on a SmackDown episode that's going to have an absolutely awesome Roman Reigns segment. And you're like, how is this the same company? Because this Roman Reigns stuff is in freaking credible. And the match he had with Brian was so, so great. It's remarkable it's the same company. But that's the it's the barrier of creative control because everything here in Raw is under the banner of this creative control where Vince is the blockage and then over here where Roman exists, Roman gets to choose what he wants to do. And also he's doing it with Daniel Bryan, who also gets to choose what he wants to do. Yeah, and they've maybe. got Paul Heyman. So there's there's three people arguing the toss for but one like, point. But Vince is still signing it off. So like Yeah, but I, I think Vince, Vince I guess just, they're Vince just just him a really good guys. Yeah, yeah, maybe I guess it is, yeah. Uh, Start Recording says, uh, who do you guys think Goldberg has in his next inevitable random match? I can see Goldberg versus Sheamus being a thing at some point. I could go for that, you know. Goldberg versus Sheamus, I think, would be a really fun match. Um, We've got some last chats here. Uh, Also, as a quick update, Action League Now, it was a show on Nickelodeon from 2001 to 2002. So that would be why I didn't see it. Um, but it, it looks great. I'm proud of the chat. Loved it. Uh, Zachary T. Robinson, uh, what are El Casador's predictions for Mania and Jamia? Meow that meow. Hashtag don't lick the championship. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll try and do a video where uh, Terry predicts Terry predicts <laughs> the outcome for Mania. I'll, uh, like that octopus like, that does the World Cup. I was going to say the octopus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the octopus does the World Cup predictions. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Um, Zachary T. Robinson again said, throwing an idea, could you maybe look at getting Katakarus on Quizlemania or Cinemania? Not entirely sure how clued up he is on wrestling, but he's a good sport and is down for a laugh. Reckon it'd be good fun. I love Katakarus. I think his videos are so funny. If he was up for doing a Cinemania, I would love to have him on because I think he is a really creative dude and I think he's hilariously funny. Um, Derek Kelson said, uh, Luke, please do a get roundy so I can get some motivation to seize the day and get stuff done. I miss it. And Ollie getting irritated, jam that jam just for you get rowdy everyone lots of requests for terry merch in the chat apparently um uh, and last couple of ones uh, what's more likely scott steiner hosting wrestlemania or laurie playing quizlemania again probably scott steiner doing wrestlemania <laughs> black adam that's some nice high quality camera you've got there laurie what model are you using i'm in the market for one this is a canon 60d uh look if you just going to kick you out for one second, Luke. The only issue with yep. it is you get black bars on the end because uh, the frame size of it's not very good. But uh, Canon released a uh, utility, basically, to turn your regular DSLR camera into a webcam. And that is what I am using to use my 60D with a 16 to 35 lens, I think. Oh, it is nice. Uh, and lastly, Darren Lloyd. I like trains. They go choo-choo. Let me just let me just shut the door, Lauren and Luke. Before okay. we get back on. Sometimes he needs to land boundaries. Oh, he's in here. How did you get in here? Get the fuck out. Go on. <laughs>
send your hook. I may just keep all of this in. <laughs> yep, he's gone. And the cat is gone. He's going to be outside the door in 10 seconds' time going, wow. But outside of the uh, cat, what is new in the world of Laurie? We haven't had you on a podcast in so long. Oh, my God. Nothing. I've basically been in hibernation. <laughs> I feel like I've just, yeah, just done absolutely nothing with my existence for a year now. Uh, I've got into, right, I've bought a mountain bike and I've got quite into riding my bike around. Uh, and oh, that's yeah. been quite fun. Because I think I was always quite scared of going on a bike in London because that just feels like a recipe for dying. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, did, I never wanted to do that, but like at least up here, it's a bit more, bit more open space, a bit more a bit like a bit less, bit less traffic uh, mm-hmm. to to really go play in. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's been it's been quite good. I've been I'm sort of like gearing up to do a sort of bigger ride and maybe do like a couple of hours out into the peaks or something. That might be quite fun. But then obviously that then there's the sort of what do you do about getting back? Because that's a pain in the ass, isn't it? Like, cause oh, yeah. like, cool, yeah, cycle into the Peak District. That'd be really fun. Obviously, I looked at the sort of uh, topography of that on like a graph and it was just like, here's the elevation. Flat, 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 flat. Oh, and it goes straight up. And it's just like, okay, well, that's fine. And yeah, sure. Like you might think, okay, you can coast home then as well. But it's still two hours of coasting home downhill. Yeah, like, yeah after being really tired. So I don't know, I might have to try and convince my girlfriend to pick me up in the peak district. <laughs> Can I put my, put my bike in the back of your car? Can I put my bike in the car? <laughs> or drive me there and then I can do the easy route mm. back. That's a good, that's oh, yeah. a better idea. Yeah. Did you get any exercise? No, nah, not really. No, just sort of let the bike do the majority of the work. Well, I was like, so my wife is meeting up with a friend of hers uh, this weekend because you're now allowed to do so. You're now allowed mm-hmm. to like meet in parks and stuff um, with uh, another member of a household. So they're go- they're meeting to go for a walk. And I was like, oh, that would be lovely. But she did say to me, can you drive me there? And then when I'm done, come pick me up. And I'm like, this feels like less of a, <laughs> this like less of a, I mean, I mean, it's a trip out for you, but I'm ferrying you. I'm, I've got to be a taxi person here. Yeah, and then I don't get to have all the nice time alone that comes with... You know, like we've spent a year, but I've basically spent a year just only seeing one person and having mm-hmm. to see them every single day with no, like no break. And that's great. Like, I, you know, I love my girlfriend, but also <laughs> at some point you're just like, oh my God, I'd love to talk to some other person or just be on, like, she's gone back to school now. So like mm-hmm. now I'm sort of just alone in the flat all day with this maniac cat that I have, which just feels like, it also now just feels like a curse. It's just. It's sort of, it was a good idea at the time. It was a great idea when company around the house. He used to sit completely silently all day uh, when, when she was here, like, cause she, she obviously like went back to school in January, but they went back for one day and then they started teaching online for the last like two months. And when she was teaching online, which she was doing from the living room to like, reams and reams of kids he would sit on the end of the sofa dead asleep all day and now for some reason that she's left i don't know whether he's like where the hell is she i don't know if that meow means that or whether it means why aren't you sitting in the living room where i am it's Mm -hmm. like i don't think he likes the office basically and he's just like i don't want to go in the office which is funny because he likes to walk in there every now and again honestly he loves it actually he hates it if a door is shut (laughs) like he hates a door being shut on him doesn't want to go in the room like if you go in the bathroom 
he like will sit outside the bathroom door being like, how, why are you in there? Why? And then you open the door and he runs inside for one second, scratches his claws on the little wooden pallet that we had for stepping out of the shower that was like, so you didn't have to step on the floor directly. Mm. And then he runs back out of the room. And it's like, did you really need like a group while I'm having a wee, you come in here and do your nails? Like none of this is necessary, my friend. No, don't get a cat. I wonder if it's maybe it's just the sound of like your girlfriend's voice, like teaching was just sort of like this very soothing thing. Yeah. And that, Whereas that's me that... watching wrestling during the day. Is like, <laughs> what is Michael this? Michael Cole is less soothing. My... This is not learning about volcanoes. I am not interested. <laughs> exactly. And Tom Phillips is well jarring. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> He was getting a geography A level before, and now he's just <laughs> watching a terrible TV show, being poorly put together. Um, <laughs> you're also doing some Twitch streaming and stuff as well now. Like you, uh, yeah, did a bit, of, did a little bit of Twitch streaming. I mean, don't don't plug it like it's a thing we're doing. Like we're not doing it with a schedule because <laughs> we're useless. Uh, but yeah, me and Simon have been doing it. Like we've done a couple of streams. Uh, it's Last Life Co on Twitch. If you want to go follow that and be disappointed that we might do one hour a week uh but we, we were playing final <laughs> fantasy 7 remake yesterday that was quite fun i'm thinking i'm going to try and do some more of it when monster hunter comes out at the end of the week because i'm going to get quite mm. into that i think so i'm going to try and do a bit more of a regular schedule of stuff um i'm also looking into doing a D thing but uh oh, yeah. i'm sort of at the early stages of that i don't know whether that'd be on that twitch channel I might set up a different one for that i'd quite like to do like a I don't know how this would work luke maybe you can help me brainstorm this but like could you do a community driven D D stream where i just dm'd for all the twitch chat huh i guess maybe in a way that could something along those lines could work yeah well if you're listening and you fancy it hit me up on twitter about it and yeah. let's see if we can organize something and i'll try and work out how we could do the rules and how we could play because there's a bunch of, i've bought the new candle keep mysteries book and they're all really like bite-sized little little adventures that you can do so i wonder if that would be quite fun to do on on a stream with people I don't know if um, George mentioned this to you, but like I finally sent <coughs> over my new character backstory for our D&D campaign, which I've been promising that I would do for a while now. <laughs> I just never found the time to actually do it. But I finally sat down, pulled up the old document that I wrote when I first started doing the character, whatever it was, four years ago when we started doing it, and realized mm, a lot of this is actually quite poorly written. I'll just, I'll just bit of refresh this, just tighten things up a little bit. Mm. But one of the other things that he mentioned to us was like, oh, if there's any legendary items either that are canon within the book or you want to homebrew just let me know so i've home i've kind of sort of homebrewed some um legendary items that are in the game Ooh. Uh, has george mentioned this to you yeah no he hasn't mentioned it i like i like well because obviously i have a legendary item that i homebrewed yeah. with george uh and that has been the major focus of what we're doing right now but uh, i'm imagining <laughs> the sword or my character isn't making it through this campaign so uh <laughs> the way the way the story is going so um i'll probably have to be thinking of a new guy quite soon oh no oh I, i'm not sure i can get on with the board with the death of izzy uh iggy rather but like he just i messaged me i i, I sent it across to him and then I, I messaged him over the weekend being like just so you know like the the legendary item thing it's kind of half in canon, like within the sort of the, you know, Wizards of the West Coast creation, but I've kind of homebrewed it ever so slightly to make it a bit more interesting. And the message you sent back was just, you've made Pokeballs, haven't you? <laughs> I was like, oh, in a way I sort of have. Oh, I like it. 
this is the thing. It's really, it's like, it's really fun to come up with new items, but it's very hard to balance them without the, the rigorous play testing that wizards oh, put yeah. into their stuff. But then obviously, like, also wizards have crazy powerful stuff, but that's usually tempered by the idea that it uh, is also broken. So it's like the deck of many things, incredibly powerful, but also can kill you outright if you pull the wrong card out of it. So yeah, absolutely. We've got that thing with what's what's the thing that Simon has the um wand of wand of wonder wand of, the wand of wonder yeah that is useless hundred roll a, hundred, yeah. on, it doesn't you roll a d100 yeah. there's a hundred different things will happen and he has summoned grass three times he's only used it five <laughs> times and three of the times he's just made spontaneous grass grow but he's always he only ever uses it he doesn't use it for like random stuff he only ever uses it in like big fights so it's yeah. like i'm gonna use the wonder wonder on this boss boom and then grass just grows and it's like oh you bloody idiot <laughs> just do your attacks yeah, well, I mean, George, me and George were having a chat about it. And we were like, we're going to have to work out a way that we can make sure that this isn't too world breaking and too like too powerful. I don't want to OP mm -hmm. this, but like it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. Like, I don't know when like he's going to introduce it, but it's quite. I hope it's quite a cool little concept. Yeah, I think that's why my mystery dog isn't my dog in the way that rangers get dogs. Like when rangers have animals, yeah. you can literally control them by telling them what to, like they just act on your turn and do stuff. I have to beg the dog to do things because the <laughs> dog is OP. Uh, that, and he's not like off this plane either. He is. Yeah, well, that's it. That's, I mean, dog. that's the point of the, the thing is like, he's, I think they're really cool. The uh, spectral hounds that you can get in D&D, they like live on different planes of existence. They're like to do with the grave and, he was kind of like a grave guardian, and that's how I met him. And I've grave, I'm partly a grave domain cleric, so that's kind of why we've got this bond. But if he bites stuff and they fail one check, they begin to fade out of reality into <laughs> an, like a, a middle, like a limbo world where they can't do anything. And obviously, I had him bite a few bosses before, <laughs> and they just faded from existence. It's like, and that is that problem solved. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very powerful. <laughs> mm. Hence because, why I think I have to succeed on quite a high uh, animal handling to do anything. Yeah, I'm looking forward to D&D &D tonight. We mm, had yeah, no, we had a week off. Week. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to getting back into it. Yeah, it's all politics at the moment. Very chatty. I, I like the chatty stuff, chatty. though. I really yeah. like the chatty stuff. Um, but yeah, it is very... Like, I'm running another game with a bunch of other friends that's kind of like a homebrew Ghost of Salt Marsh campaign mm. that's kind of like quite lovecrafty and a bit of a mystery um so yeah i've been enjoying like that's quite good because that group was very much like on the murder hobo end of the spectrum and they've actually all toned it made new characters started rp in their characters a bit more and also honed in on the mystery and they're really enjoying investigating so i'm quite pleased with that because it was oh, before cool. literally in the first campaign the first thing one of them did was chop a guy's dick off and put it onto their necklace and wow. then by the end of that session i'd made this like stag with golden horns that they'd met and it had led them to this like dwarven cave and they got in the dwarven cave and one of them while everyone else went to explore this dwarven cave snuck off and found this spring on top of the mountain following the stag which the stag was then like bathing in the spring and they were like oh i'm just going to go over as if to pet it and then i'm going to cut its throat and i'm going to caught like hack the antlers off it so i had to describe this scene where this tiny little halfling rogue basically eviscerated a stag in oh. a in a in a in a beautiful like cherry blossom 
hot spring at the top of a hill as this blood like filled the pool around them. And it was like, well, that's the end of the session. See you later, guys. Um, you <laughs> yeah. really are quite a deeply disturbing bunch to play with. Uh, well, I mean, we'll probably have a bit more of this sort of chat because Laura's going to be on the AEW podcast as well this coming Thursday. And then I'll be back with Denise Salcedo on uh, Friday for the magazine show. Randy Andy Datsun and Pete Quinnell will be doing SmackDown on Saturday um, as we are gearing towards. Oh, my God. WrestleMania is in like three weeks time. It's like I, know. I mean, now it's now it's less than two. There's two weekends where I don't have to do a pay-per-view stream. And then it's WrestleMania. Mm. There's been a lot of pay-per-views recently. As the champion, I am very, I'm acutely aware of how many pay-per-views there's been. <laughs> oh, and until then, take care. I love you. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.